pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Welcome to Book Up for Bounties. It's your girl, Sid. What's up? I'm so excited to be here this week with you. Finally, we've gotten to recording this episode, and I got my hot co-host, Alma. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hey, guys. Hope everyone is doing well. Thank you for joining in uh, into a new podcast, new book that we chose. We are so excited to be back this week with the book, The Woman Code. Alma, <laughs> yes. how, did, how did you enjoy this book so far? I really loved it. You know, when you first see The Woman Code, you think, oh, okay, it's just for like women to read. And there are a lot of parts in here, yeah, that do pertain to women more so than men. But I feel like men could totally get so much out of this book as well. And I hope that we've got some men baddies in here listening because you can get a lot from this too. So don't shy away just because it says woman. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Overall, this book, it says 20 powerful keys to unlock your life. And then each key is going to be a chapter in the book. The first one is code, know your value. Yes, and it also says that knowing your value is essential to the woman code. I think we should start off by saying, what is the code? It can be personal or professional, spiritual, emotional code. Every woman lives by the code. This code either propels her for greatness or keeps her stuck in challenges and obstacles in life. So basically, code is your compass. So the first chapter in this book is called Know Your Value. And pretty much it says, you must love and like you or no one else ever will. It is life-changing to know your value. You are the only person on this earth who can make you feel less than or inferior. And I think that's such a huge thing to remember in your day-to-day life because we come in contact with so much energy and different people and it's easy to have other people affect you and your mood and just to know that no matter what, you are the only person that can make you feel lesser than or inferior and you do have to love yourself before anyone else can love you. What I got out of this too, it says, women today are educated, talented, connected, financially secure, gifted, well-traveled, and more, yet we still do not know our value. We shrink from saying what needs to be said for fear we will be called the B word or worse. All of our doubts, fears, and limitations come from within our own minds. Envy starts out as admiration. That line right there stuck in my mind and resonated with me because it's so true when you see other people like haters or like people who are jealous of like other people. You have to remember envy and like jealousy starts with admiration. So they really just admire, like if you look at another girl and she's got like this bomb outfit on or she's got like this hot boyfriend or she's got like this dream career and you feel that little bit of like envy and like jealousy. (laughs) But you have to just remind yourself, it's just admiration. We want what other women have because we don't see our own intrinsic value. We are so good at advocating for and empowering other people, but not ourselves. Always, that's my problem. (laughs) Yeah. Then it goes into, from the time they are boys, men are empowered by their families, their culture, their communities, and even the sports teams they play on to know their value. Men are taught almost from birth that they are to be hunters, protectors, providers, and winners. And in other words, they have value. 
This is not the case for us. Women are taught almost from birth that we are to be nurturers, supporters, encouragers, peacekeepers, and ladies. While these are all great virtues, these traits play into what we call soft skills. Soft skills which most women possess in abundance are important. However, they do not often get what you want when it comes to the corporate boardroom, business, or life. So I feel like we already, we don't have the amount of confidence because we've been put down so many times or, you know, shut down. Men are literally instilled with these values and these traits as a kid. So they're like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I deserve this. This is me. I'm going to get it. Women are not that way. Very true. So then it says, how you value yourself has direct impact on how well you live out your code. In a nutshell, your life code is formed from the time you are a small girl. It is shaped by the influence of your parents and your nuclear family. And after the family, it is shaped by your community, by the friendships you form, and by the faith or spiritual value system or lack thereof. Your parents impart to you. Your code either propels you to greatness or keeps you stuck in the challenges and obstacles of your life. It says all women struggle with self-esteem, self-worth, and self-value issues. Women have been taught for centuries that we are second-class citizens. That is a horrible statement. I know. That makes you feel like shit. But I mean, it is what it is. But we are going to consider three keys to unlock how to know and honor your value as a woman. Number one, erase the negative tapes in your head. Don't let your history define your destiny. Number two, realize that what you think about you is what others will think about you. And number three, shift your thinking to put you at the top of your list. I really, really believe, number two, realize that what you think about you is what others will think about you. If you go even deeper, your lack of confidence, or you might think, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid, I forget everything. You hold on to that feeling of thinking, oh, I'm so stupid, and it comes out and people can pick up on that. It, like, they can absolutely pick, and even your brain, I feel like your subconscious mind picks up on that mm-hmm. as well. And like, if you take care of yourself and you make sure that you treat your body right and you eat healthy and you exercise and you're spiritually and mentally like well in a good state, all of that affects you like so deeply and then when you are just you people pick up on that and they're like okay i have to respect this person because they respect themselves so much that i have to respect them absolutely how you perceive your worth and self-value is shaped by your experiences and once certain words and images have been placed in our spirit it becomes almost impossible to redefine ourselves so that we can truly embrace our value The bottom line is this. If you let others define you and tell you your value, your journey in life will be hard, passionless, and unfulfilling. We are defined early on by our families. The first place we learn how to be, who to be, and what we can be. Basically, it's all about the words here, how words are very powerful. Mm. I've always said that. Be mindful how you speak with people because sometimes a person can tell you one thing and it can stuck with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. It says here, words have power. Words define, shape, and mold us beyond what we can ever imagine. The power of words spoken over us, about us, and into us can last a lifetime. Words have the power to inspire, propel, or diminish us. How you value yourself was determined by how your nuclear family spoke to you, spoke about you, and how they saw you. My labels as the author were as follows. 
follows. Sophia is smart. She is going to be an attorney. She's a talker. She's outgoing. Sophia is a real go-getter. They were for the most part affirming words, but I had friends who did not get affirming labels. They were called fat, unruly, worthless, shy, average, boy crazy, blah, blah, blah. Many of the girls I grew up with became women who lived out that value placed on them by their families. It is the rare woman, like Oprah, who can overcome the negativity of her early life and rise above the labels that shattered her code. But it can be done when we are given the tools to go within and dare to love ourselves again. Tools. Tools. You need tools. And this book is kind of like a tool. Mm -hmm. If you use it wisely and if you follow, because she always gives you these steps. So what kind of codes did your parents instill in you? It's a hard question. Like for me, I was always independent, very hard-headed, very strong. And I think those were amazing codes to live by. But then, you know, they didn't really like worry about me because they knew how strong I was. But then also it kind of was bad in certain senses because when I really needed them, I think I didn't ask for help because... I was always told I was so strong, so independent that I ended up just taking care of myself all the time. Yeah, I mean, I hear that from my parents, especially since I moved here. It's a little harsh topic to talk about because uh, I grew up in a different culture. So what, what they instill in us is totally different from American families. And I've seen how, though, my brother and my sister, the words that were instilled with them as a kid and the codes that they were kind of given and how they were different than mine and how they've really like affected and shaped them as people too because they they continue to live out those codes because they don't realize like that's part of it and they haven't truly found maybe their own essence yet and they don't realize it because they think oh this is just who i am but i believe that a lot of just the words that were spoken to them made them and shaped them into who they really believe that they are but they haven't taken that time to kind of break down those walls and find like really who are you and that's what this book then goes into is learning to find out who you truly are what are you into what are your likes and dislikes that's what it's all about yeah it's really knowing yourself what you accept what you don't accept Mm -hmm. all those things are so important to just to move on and live a happy life And at the bottom of page 18, it goes into what I'm saying is this. You have to fight for your value. You have to return to that core code that you were born with that says you are worthy, you are loved, and you are valuable. And trying to really figure out who you are without the influence of anybody else is truly probably one of the hardest things to do because everyone and everything in our life, like all the situations and things that we've been through have shaped us so much. Okay, step one, to shift your thinking and put you at top of your list. Step one, trust yourself and your instincts. They are rarely ever wrong. Step two, spend quality time getting to know you. Not your family versions of you or your friends' options of you or your boyfriend's or spouse's opinion of you. You must get intimately acquainted with you. Step three, face you to fix you. This is a good one. Step four, believe in yourself. If you don't believe in you, no one else will. This is what we talked about earlier. Step five, honor yourself. You know what lies in the deepest reaches of your heart and soul. You're here and small, still voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. So those are four or five ways to shift your thinking to put you at the top of your list. And they're really important. And if you go through the book, it will go into depth a little bit more. But it's just 
some good topics to think about to make sure that you are your main priority in your life. And at the bottom, it says living the code. Make these 10 points of wisdom part of your life this week, this month, and this year. The points of wisdom are your value comes from your creator, not your parents, siblings, friends, or naysayers. So your value comes from your creator, no one else. Number two, to know your value, you must practice good health. Your health impacts your emotions, spirit, and self-worth. If you're consuming all of this like trash food and you're laying around all day, then obviously you're going to have depression and anxiety because you're not fueling your body with anything good. You're going to be so tired, so stagnant. That's a huge one for me. And then number three, words define value. Be intentional about those who you allow to speak in your life. Anytime, and I talked to my partner about this, like for me, in fights and stuff, I do not hit below the belt. Like I do not say things personal. I will not pick at you or like you're saying anything about your family, say about anything because to me, words stick with you so much. Imagine someone saying like, you're fat and ugly when you're in a fight and then you're like, the next day you're like, shit. Maybe you, I am. <laughs> you really think I'm fat and ugly? Like, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. I just said that because we were in a fight. But then it's like, in your mind, how can you get over that? You right. can't because then you're like, okay, you said that. So there was some part you of you. You cannot take it back. Some ever. part of you that believed it gave those words some energy that you spit them out at me. So like, what do you really think about <laughs> me? And then number four, knowing your value directly impacts the quality of your life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Five, knowing your value helps you to set important boundaries. Number six, knowing your value means that you do not allow anyone to diminish you, your worth, or your hopes. Seven, surround yourself with people who affirm, adore, and love you deeply. Eight, have the courage to speak up for yourself. This communicates to others that you know your value. I love that. Wow. Speak up for yourself, especially if you hear other people saying something and like you might not agree with it. Tell them, like speak your truth, because how is anyone else ever supposed to know who you're who you are, what your boundaries are, like what your opinions and everything you sitting there not standing up for yourself then puts yourself down even more. That's very true. I feel like I probably, back in the days, I would never speak up for myself, especially when I was surrounded with particular people that speak too much or they're all the attentions on them or stuff like that. I kind of just stay quiet. And of course, like you said, no. how can anybody know you if you don't speak up, if mm -hmm. you don't just stand up for what's right or what's wrong or what you think is right or wrong? Exactly. Then number nine, when you know who you are, you are eager to spend time with you alone in the presence of your spirit and of your creator. Wow. Baby girl, I love some alone time right here. I am all about the alone time. Yes. And then 10, knowing your value means that you like yourself. You embrace you even in all of your imperfection. You would choose you as a friend. That is amazing. That is such a sweet statement. You would choose you as your friend. I think about stuff like that though. Like give yourself a hug. Yeah. Would I want to be my friend? Hell yeah, badass bitch. Just kidding. But I do. I think about that as like my siblings too because you know you don't choose your family and I just always want to feel like no matter what if I was not my sister or brother's sister, I 
would want them to want to be my friend. I would want to be that person that they would be like drawn to and they'd be like, yeah, like she's a great person. And the same thing for myself. I love me, so. You do love you. <laughs> People, listen, guys, she does love herself. That it's amazing. Is... And that's why I love her. So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Aww. It really works. <laughs> it, these things really work. You know, she, I, I feel like Sydney is one of those people who really just, all these stuff that we're talking about now, she's, and I'm proud of her because she's so, she's still young. When I was her age, I probably wasn't thinking so highly of myself, which is amazing trait to have. But I think you also you have to give yourself a lot of credit you came from a whole different country and you had to start and really figure you would have to figure out yourself and where the hell you're at and right what you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah yeah, yeah. That, a that's a whole nother story yeah, i get it i get it but better better yeah. late than never that's the truth okay then we go to code to make peace with your past The author says, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, I would tell her to make peace with all of the things that have hurt her, made her feel unloved, or made her feel less than. I would tell her that if she does not learn to let those things go in her 20s, she will still be struggling with their residue into her 50s. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. The truth is, we cannot change what has hurt us in the past, and we cannot fix it either. We must decide to do the work and heal from it, learn from it, and move on more wisely. You are not defined by your past, but your past has something to teach you. We always talk about this. Yes. Wishing we knew what we knew now when we were younger, but obviously we cannot do that. And I am, like I said before, I don't regret anything that I've been through. It's taught me tremendous things. I'm thankful that I made it out okay. But I did used to harp on the past a lot. I think about a lot of things that I did and like overanalyze it and be like, why did I make that mistake? Or why did I do this or say this to this person or whatever? And that was always, I would just replay these things in my head so much until I finally just like learned how to let it go. And that was amazing thing for you, right? Once you let it go, you, you have a whole new perspective on life. First of all, you cannot get answers now. It's too late. You can dwell on it. You can waste your precious time that you have now, but you cannot change nothing about that particular part of your life. It, it's, it's done. It's done deal. I think a lot of times too, what we do as like people is we keep like suppressing the things that have happened to us in the past, so then we never actually deal with them. And then they keep bringing themselves up later on. Like my emotions towards say like my dad about certain things that happened in my childhood. I just got so tired of talking about it that I was like, oh, whatever. Like it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't mean anything. Like I'm over it, but I was never over it because I never dealt with it. Mm. What stood out for me in this part it says everything you need everything you can be everything you desire rests inside you wow i wish i knew this before Mm -hmm. like seriously we always say these things i wish i knew this before and i want to write a bunch of these stuff so i can read it to my daughter all the time and while she's growing up i'll be like repeating it constantly to her have her listen to book club for <laughs> listen sit down here you're gonna be listening to some good stuff to good stuff mommy I, talking about stuff i uh highlighted that same thing i thought it was really powerful no way yes. <laughs> i pretty much highlighted this whole book so i mean there's not much that got past my highlighter so i mean listen to the, tr- the truth is when we begin to accept 
that we are enough, our lives will shift in ways unimagined. By unlocking what is already inside you, you create a pathway for success in all of life, mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. And then if you dare to find the courage to face your past, deal with it, and lay it to rest, you can move forward daringly into all life has for you. You have to face it to fix it. I think this one is, this one is major for me because I don't like to face things. I really... It's easier to not. Ooh, years can go by. I will brush things under the rug and just like, let's not talk about it. It doesn't matter. And there's an obvious issue and you're like, let's just pretend it doesn't right. exist. Because it's easier. And then because too, you just want to think like, you don't want to think about it too much because you, if you find out that it's something you can't fix, you don't oh. want to have to let them go. Uh-huh. Because you just want to be like, oh, it's just... And she talks about that too. Ding, ding. You have to realize, like, open your eyes and wow. see who you have around you. Because you might have to just let them go. And it hurts. It sucks. That is so crazy. Imagine all the years you've wasted. Then it goes to recognize that you are stuck in the past. It informs me that my code has suffered a little damage, but code can be rewritten, yours and mine. It all starts with willingness to be accountable. It all starts by taking inventory of what we need to keep and what we need to get rid of. So this is recognizing that you're stuck in the past. These are some steps. Do you find that you still feel anger, sadness, guilt, or hurt when you reflect on certain life events? Do you constantly think about what you missed, what you lost, what is behind you, or what or who has hurt you? Do certain people from your past still have the power to make you feel pain at the mention of their name or on sight of their image? Yes. (laughs) It says, believe it or not, you can be stuck on good things in your life that need to be placed on the shelf. For example, some people were superstars in high school or college, but once they graduated, life didn't go so small for them. (laughs) Those people often talk about the good old days. Yes. They live life looking backward. They live life full of regret of would have, could have, should have. Every one of us knows someone like this. Sadly, some of us are those people. Now that what crossed my mind when we're talking about being stuck on a past, if you would think of this, if you were, for example, in a relationship, and you know how women usually are, they're like, well, I remember what you did two years ago, and they keep bringing it up even if two more years pass. Oh, you remember four years ago when you did this and that? (laughs) Basically... Are we allowed to, you know, because sometimes if uh, your partner constantly repeats certain things and you have to remi- like you have to remember that back in the day you did the same thing and I'm going to rem- I'm going to remember it. And I'm going to mention it to you. But they're just trying to hold that over your head if they keep bringing up shit that happened in the past to be like, oh, well, you remember you did this. But what, like- what if he what if he or she still doing it to this day? And you're like, well, is this ever going to change? Because you did this four years ago. Then and you're no, doing it's it not going to change. So exactly. let them go. <laughs> <laughs> let them go. Like, it's that easy. So basically, the bottom line is if you are in need to talk about past or to talk about what happened two three four five years ago you're probably with the wrong person well yeah if they're still if they haven't made the change of like something that they used to do that obviously is not something that you want to accept but also it's your fucking fault too because if you are still putting up with it and they've been doing it for four or five years like damn let's talk about detox yes 
What kind of detox? Soul detox. Soul detox, okay. <laughs> a detox helps us to get rid of residue that life can deposit in our souls. Wow. Not letting go of the past is a big residue builder in our lives. And it's time we realize what we can no longer rectify or restore and move forward to what lies in front of us. I mean, we detox, we do constant detox <laughs> with the juices, like let's detox our body from all the, I don't know, bad food that we ate or, or liquor that we had over the weekend, whatever. But do we ever really detoxify our mind, our soul? Just daily, how much things are on our mind constantly. Right. Residue is caused by damaged relationships, a wounded inner child, people who walk out on you, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, and the wear and tear of life. No matter how we resolve or do not resolve life's issues, we are always left with residue. Uh I love this uh, part that she says, do not allow yourself to become broken by someone else's brokenness. Yes, okay. Whoa, and that, that was crazy. This part too, it's right after it says, when people hurt you, use you, or discard you, it's likely they do so because it's been done to them first. Facts. It says, accept what you cannot change. Dealing with the demons of your past starts from a place of acceptance. Without acceptance, we can never move past what has hurt us. Acceptance can only come after we have gone through the stages of grieving. Acceptance is to bring us peace to see something as it really is, not what we may want it to be. Acceptance also opens up new possibilities. It allows us to release, to close the door on the past, and to move forward. Acceptance is power. It is grace, it is forgiveness, and it is courage. Acceptance frees us to see things that are and pushes us to go after things we desire. Acceptance comes at the end of a process, the process usually after a period of loss, trauma, or grief. And grieving has five stages. The stages of grieving that she put down were number one, denial. Our first reaction is almost always denial. This is not happening to me. Two, anger. Why is this happening to me? And we feel angry. Three, bargaining. We try to negotiate our way out of our pain. We feel the loss and try to fix it. Four, depression. It hits us truly and we wallow, wail, and sulk. And five is acceptance. In the final stage, we accept, we come to terms, and we try to find the peace or joy what has left us. You can't bury things that are not dead. So your emotions that are very alive, you cannot bury them. Always going to be there until you deal with them. Yeah. How do we discover and how do we release regret? One of the most difficult challenges we face is forgiving ourselves for our own wrong choices and actions. If you think forgiving others is hard, try truly forgiving you. I'm pretty much very harsh on myself when it comes to forgiving myself or if I did something wrong or if I didn't do something I was supposed to do. I would hold that above my head forever and ever. Like, I would not let it go. But yeah. if somebody else would be like, oh, it's okay, girl. Oh, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> You're fine. It's going to be okay. No matter what you did in your past, if it still haunts you, you have yet to make peace with it, and you must do so in order to get free. When we have unhealed hearts from our childhood, we are likely to repeat the same patterns. My relationship with my father is regrettably not good, says the author. I have tried over the years to make it better, but the reality is some things can only be forgiven, not fixed. And as a result, I have made some bad choices in dating and loving the wrong men because I did not learn how to be loved unconditionally and properly by the first man in my life, my father. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with this. I actually, <clears throat> I really dislike this statement 
uh, that has to do anything with like fatherly love the first man in my life and i just because that wasn't your story yeah my father was and i mean still is just amazing person gave me all the love everything i ever wanted in my life right and still i went on a life and made all the fucking wrong choices well, that's why i'm saying it wasn't your story like your dad was a great dad and you made not the best choices men were. So what's the point then if she says, well, my dad wasn't there and blah, blah, for blah. For her. Okay. Well. And for a lot of women. Like for me too, I feel like because my dad wasn't like a huge father figure in my life. Like he was there. He was always there. But being a dad, he wasn't, he didn't really know how to because he didn't have a dad. So he didn't know how, like what he was really supposed to do. So I didn't have that kind of structure. And I totally dated all of like the wrong people for the longest time but everybody is different it's not it doesn't fit for everyone but it says at some point though we cannot blame our parents for what still hurts i had to be accountable for my choices the author then gives us five steps you can take if you're struggling with your past and what has hurt you in your past number one is confront the pain to get it out if you were molested abused or hurt as a child or even an adult find a trustworthy person a professional and talk it out secrets can make us sick Two, get professional help three forgive yourself four find the courage to deal with the pain and five surround yourself with people who speak life into you then we're gonna go into code three teach people how to treat you and this is probably one of my favorite codes absolutely i agree with this i literally wrote down teach people how to treat you and i said this one is big for me Mm -hmm. i feel like certain people in my life had definitely treated me the way they wanted to because i let them yes absolutely absolutely it goes to say we unintentionally give permission to others to mistreat us and take advantage of our goodness People will treat you exactly how you want to empower them to. More importantly, they will cross boundaries we set only when we allow them the opportunity. Often, we just want to keep the peace. That's you. Yes. (laughs) But if we are going to live joyful, fulfilling lives, we have to stop elevating others' needs above our own. Wow. We reach others. We teach others how to treat us. Like it or not, it's the truth. It is absolute truth. And bottom line, you and I are responsible for choosing those to whom we give access to our lives. Whether or not we want to admit it, we give people the ability to help us or hurt us. We are accountable for what we show and teach other people about us. Mm-hmm. And it says, do not treat people how you want to be treated. Treat them as they want to be treated. People really do teach us how they want to be treated for better or for worse. Code one, know your value, and this code three are connected because they relate directly to how we value ourselves and how we teach others to treat us. If we do not know our value, we cannot teach people how to treat us with value. When we feel worthless, we end up settling for whatever life throws our way. We are going to to begin the journey of teaching people how to treat us as we desire by addressing the three points. One, what your presence tells others about you. Two, what you do tells others how to treat you and three how to teach people to treat you well if somebody is causing you pain discomfort or constantly making you feel small you need to release them if a person continually crosses your boundaries violates your peace and treats you in an unkind harmful way they need to go mm-hmm. and this is what i'm talking about it if i know that you're constantly just 
you know, talking down on me or crossing my boundaries or being unkind or, you know, you just, you just don't need to be in my space. And that's, that's all it is. It's like, let's cut it off right here and we move forward and I surround myself with people that I, that I want to surround myself yeah, with. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best way. Like sometimes you just can't explain yourself to people and you've already put too much energy into that relationship or friendship. And you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just can't be your friend anymore. I don't owe you an explanation and just get on with your life. It does say, once you become aware that you are not being treated as you desire, you are obligated to speak up and make a change. I definitely need to put that on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> obligated to speak up, so basically you can protect your energy. Yeah, you have to protect your energy, and by speaking up and, and voicing your opinion, that gives you so much strength and confidence in yourself, and that's just like the ultimate respect for yourself. It says here, sometimes we meet broken people. They do not share our life code. They do not mean us well, regardless of what you may have been told about yourself growing up or how you may have been defined in your family. You should be treated like the priceless treasure you are. We teach people how to treat us from the moment we first meet them. We radiate either power or powerlessness. I love that. I totally highlighted the same thing. It is hard to look at yourself and say, I let him treat me that way. Or I allowed her to cross my professional boundaries. Or she was never really my friend. The problem is that we don't ask the deeper question, why did I allow this? Or when did I start giving people permission to do the wrong things in my life? You and I decide who gets access to our life. We must also be willing to accept our ownership for our part in what happens when we end up discarded, disrespected, or worse. Yes. What is the bottom line here? We all know what it feels like to have that aha moment when you have to own the fact that you let someone mistreat you. You saw the red flags, but you ignore them. Why? Because you do not believe you are worthy of love. It's that simple. Yep. <laughs> this is amazing. And you know, over years and times of like abuse, like, yeah, you do start to lose your confidence so much. So it becomes easier for them to do these things to you, to treat you this way and you do accept it. But it's just so sad to lose yourself so much and to not value yourself so much to let someone just like walk all over you. It says, one of the most dangerous things any woman can do is give the impression that she is never in need, always in control, and never vulnerable. I need you to stop right now. Stop. Superwoman syndrome is probably the number one dis-ease among women today. I thought about it really hard. This kind of hit me because that's what I'm trying to do now. Like, I always feel like I don't need nobody. I don't need this. I don't need that. Like, I'm good. I'm making my own money. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I can take care of myself, my daughter, whatever I put my mind to, I got it. And yeah, it's almost like that superwoman syndrome. Like, I don't need nobody. But then in the end of the day, we all need someone. And we all need a partner too. I definitely do the same thing. I manage so much stuff on my end and I don't want to feel like I need anyone. Yeah, I hate that. I don't like asking for help. That's Mm -mm. one of my biggest issues. Whatever I can do on my own, I will do it on my own. And I will try it on my own until I fail and I cannot move forward anymore. And then I will ask for help. It says at the bottom of page 39, people who want to remain in their dysfunction will never appreciate you getting out of yours. Misery indeed loves company. So here are five strategies that will help you attract positive, loving, and stable people. We have five strategies. Number one, set boundaries. If you don't have healthy boundaries, if you don't rest, if you don't take care of yourself, people will take advantage of you. 
as we already mm -hmm. stated before. Number two, understand your life code. What matters to you? Loyalty, integrity, laughter. If you fool around with people who do not value what you value, your life will be drama-filled. Know how people resolve conflict. That's number three. I like to talk things out. That's what authors say, not me. <laughs> no matter how uncomfortable or challenging, at some point, mature adults have to talk and seek to resolve things in a way that make us better, wiser people. I literally put a line next to this and said, I need to work on this. I don't like to talk things through it's not that i'm not being adult i just i hate conflict i hate but how do you how is that not going to resolve the conflict literally if you talk it, through it, it like i said it just comes and bites me in my so learn something from me guys it literally just comes back and bites you in your ass and at one point you just have to talk about it so yeah number four surround yourself with people who speak your love language number five let your fate guide how you treat others it says, get quiet and ask yourself, how are you teaching people to treat you? Then make a plan to release anyone or anything that does not honor the priceless, precious gift of you. Then we come to code number four, live authentically. Being your true self is never easy, particularly in a world obsessed with celebrity, good looks, Snapchat, TikTok <laughs> videos, and perfect lives captured in beautiful photographs posted all over social media. To be who we are truly meant to be is no easy thing, especially in a world that values what is fake, what is easy, what is quick, and what is on the surface. Part of your code and mine is authenticity. This is the purest and most valuable part of who we are. It is also the most quickly abandoned. It really is. Just to fit in, just for people to feel like they're accepted, they'll literally anything. Yeah. be anyone that they feel that society or whoever their friends will accept more and than it's them. really we can look at it in what's going on today especially like she mentioned with the social media and stuff and of course now you open instagram and 90 percent of the girls they kind of look alike everybody I mean, looks the same half of the time i'm like oh wait oh that's not her oh I, I thought that was her but that's not her because she just looks like her because she went to the same surgeon or you know stuff like that yeah i've always said i love imperfections more than yes and if you have something that stands out in my mind you know i'm like wow this person has like a big scar on her on his face or her face and i'm just like wow certain things that stand out in my head as a beautiful things and maybe in their head they're like think that's the ugliest thing ever we don't all have to be we don't have to fit in all these norms that are put on us the struggle to be independent yet interdependent the need to be an individual but also be part of the crowd Living authentically is never easy, but it's very rewarding. We spend our lives hiding our true selves in order to dance to someone else's music. It is time for us to learn to live out our power of authenticity. Authenticity starts when you set the intention to be genuine. On page 51, it says, bottom line, we want authenticity in all that we do and in all that we touch. We are restless and tired because we are stuck in routines and in comfort zones that don't truly move us. We want something to look forward to, something to keep us on our toes in life. We are looking for that which resonates in our soul. So how do we create that life? It starts by being willing to redefine for ourselves what success means, moving away from traditional standards of what work means, what love means, and what living life means. And that's what we talked about in Sex at Dawn is moving away from these 
traditions that are instilled in us through generations and generations and finding what truly means something to us and makes sense to us in our life. Not just following what we think that we're supposed to do, but what truly makes sense to us. She also gives us uh, several things uh, she has put into practice in her own life to be more authentic. Number one, know your value. Number two, face your inner demons. You cannot live an authentic life with a bunch of mess swirling around in your head. Number three, ask the hard questions. Number four, dare to redefine. And number five, trust your instincts. I'm sorry, there's number six too. Uh, connect with people who share your code. This is big. Then we have code five, be accountable for your life. Let's face it, we live in a culture that rejects the notion of personal accountability. We see it everywhere. We don't want to own our choices or our decisions. It's my parents' fault. It's my ex's fault. It's the high school cheerleading coach's fault, etc. We do not want to do the hard work required to own our behavior. This is unfortunate because the only way we grow is by learning from our mistakes and poor choices. What you refuse to be accountable for will become your master. Then it will rule you and then it will destroy you. So why is uh, accountability so important? She said, here's just few reasons why being accountable matters. It reduces stress, depression, and arguments. It allows you to build trust, loyalty, and reliance to others. It allows you to focus on what is important, and it allows us to be attentive to our own needs and those of others. Being willing and able to take direction or correction from someone else is difficult. Likewise, realizing that you are not always your own best boss, best organizer, or best counselor is hard to admit. But when you can admit that accountability is a two-way street, you are making a decision to allow others to help you lead the life you so desperately want to live. Do you feel like it's easier when you have someone else that helps you stay accountable? I feel like it's easier to have somebody like give you that push mm -hmm. it's hard to accept that you need somebody to keep you accountable but it really helps you know with this book club i've seen it because mm -hmm. i would put specific goal for me to read a book a month hoping i can maybe do two a month eventually this is definitely keeping me on track we keep each other accountable for it also i see it in real estate as well i have a accountability coach so checks on me all the time and stuff like that so it definitely helps it's, it's a little hard to accept it but it's there yeah, yeah. you can't run away from from the truth when you have other people that are holding you accountable. So then we go into, there are three areas of accountability. Area one, your actions and choices. Area two, your responsibilities. Area three, your goals. Embrace your decisions when they are good and learn from them when they are bad. That's another thing I just always hear throughout this book. Learn from your mistakes or learn from the things that you've been through. So code number six, it says guard your heart. Guide your heart, mind and time those three things will determine the health of everything else in your life mm -hmm. women are a mixture of power and purpose strength and profound vulnerability we are kind compassionate empathetic we have the ability to bring forth a life from our bodies and love from our hearts we care we care deeply and when we love we love deeply that can be both a blessing and a curse we love to love and in many ways we are obsessed with it we have two distinct hearts, our emotional heart and our physical heart. We often take care of the one and neglect the other. Obsess about healthy foods, cardio workouts, and checkups. 
We do everything we can to keep our physical hearts healthy, but in order to be truly healthy and truly alive, we must do more than just tend to our physical heart health. We must also tend to our emotional heart health. Uh, guarding your heart is all about your code. You protect your heart by knowing your value. You protect your heart by teaching people how to treat you. You protect your heart by knowing when to cut someone off or to untie for a season. You protect your heart by building a loyal group of friends and you protect your heart by taking care of your needs. Being afraid of being wounded ultimately causes us to forfeit the capacity to love. And I think that's huge for a lot of people because they're just so afraid to be hurt again that wow. they don't want to open their heart anymore. So then they end up gating it instead of guarding it. That's a very dangerous thing for a lot of people that have been hurt in the past. Guarding one's heart should not equal insulating it securely against the world. When fear is our motivator, we will become stingy with our own empathy and love. I'm definitely a lover and I like want to give so much love to the people that I really care about but just learning you know as you get older to just make sure that you guard it in the ways of where you're respecting yourself and respecting your boundaries because a lot of people will come off like they're genuine and they're not and end up hurting you way worse. She also states that guarding one's heart means mending it when it's broken Number one, face it to fix it. Number two, spend time with you. Number three, surround yourself with affirming thoughts, people, and circumstances. Help someone else who is hurting and learn from the loss. The, the number four is kind of cool. Help someone else who is hurting because mm -hmm. there's always someone who has it far worse than that what we do i was talking to my brother the other day about this and he's 23 years old and he is afraid to get in another relationship because his past relationship she just was not great and she talked down to him a lot and you know her words really hurt him and he's like i'm just so afraid to like date someone else like i just don't want to give them that much of myself and i i said jack well you have to learn to guard your heart to protect it you've been through all of the things with that girl that you went through now you know what you need to look out for if you're if you're dating someone what certain toxic traits are like what you will and will not accept that they'll give you in a relationship the love that they give and you have to set boundaries and and once you figure that part out for yourself then you'll be able to guard your heart better but once you gate it up then you'll never be able to let anyone in and over time i feel like the longer you have your heart gated the harder it is to unlock it to let go i will also go in to say that um, people cannot give you what they they do not have. In a world of fast-moving people, gadgets, and unkind hearts, we must be careful who we love and whom we give our gifts. Surround yourself with people who will protect your name, your reputation, your integrity, and most of all, your heart. This is so important. You have to choose who you let in your circle. Something I really loved was, there's an old but powerful truth. People's rejection is God's divine protection. There are times when we must learn to celebrate someone's exit from our lives. The truth is that too many people are walking this earth shattered. You can recover from broken, but shattered is non-recoverable. It says people who hold on the past hurts never quite get the big picture of their lives and of what truly matters. It is a sad way to live. As a result, they missed opportunities, they miss best friends, they miss financial blessings, they miss second chances of love. They are so busy guarding their hearts that they forget to give their hearts to those who are worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I told my brother. I was like, if you gate your heart so much, you're going to miss giving it to someone who could be an amazing person in your life. And, and when you love, you take that chance. 
there's always you're always gonna get fucked over by somebody but you have to guard your heart enough to know what's right and wrong for you and know better for yourself protect yourself but don't gate it to where you can't even give your love to anyone i want to talk about code number seven it says be resilient and i love resilience okay resilience is knowing that you are the only one who has the power and the responsibility to pick yourself up i love this i found myself plenty of times with my face in the ground like in shit whatever you want to call it (laughs) and you have to feel bad for a minute you know you have to either cry or scream or whatever you need to do for a day or two but then i have that resilience in me oh my god literally says pick your shit up and let's go what's done it's done i love that trait about me i Mm -hmm. definitely have risen about like certain situations that that have been horrible, mm-hmm. horrifying, and say, so, you know what? Have you cried enough? Mm-hmm. Have have you dwell enough? Let's go. Let's All move right, forward. Pick yeah. up your socks. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. I think that's such an incredible quality to have, and, and I honestly, I think a lot of women have that because we have to be that they way. They really do, and, and it's you know, if you don't master the art of being resilient, the challenges of life will break you, as the author mm. says. It says, resilience says to the world, you did not take me out. But here's the reality, if you live long enough, life is going to test you. If you don't master the art of being resilient, the challenges of life will break you. You can never be happy in life if you do not know how to successfully rebound from life's storms. To live well does not mean that you will live a life free from adversity. More important to grasp, however, is that most psychologists agree that some people seem to be born with more resilience than others. But the good news is that they also believe it is possible for all of us to cultivate resilience if we are trained. I will say resilient people possess, they don't take rejection personally, they create a strong support system, they notice the small positive things of life, they practice gratitude daily. This is what I I hear so much, especially lately, gratitude, gratitude is so important to wake up in the morning and say, look, I'm grateful for this, this and that, even the smallest thing. I do it throughout the day just random times when I feel it like I'll be driving and I'll be like wow like this weather is so incredible I'll be like oh my god thank you god for like me being on this earth and I can feel this amazing weather thank you for the beautiful day thank you for my health thank you for my friend's health my family's health and then like I just like random things that makes me realize like it's so important to constantly express gratitude you don't even realize what it does to your own mental when you realize how truly blessed you are they seek opportunities to improve and grow as people and they work through their emotions and feelings instead of avoiding them so then we go on to code eight which is age gracefully to age is a gift to age is to become wisdom and to wield the great light radiating from within you to age is to be fearless to mature to grow more compassionate more loving and more complete to age gracefully is to share what you have learned from your failures and successes that is what i think is so important to understand is that we are here to share our knowledge with each other and i feel like so many people i guess i've seen this a lot in like the acting business or the industry 
you know, people don't want to share their wisdom about acting. Like, how did you get into it? Or like, how, what do I do here? When do I do this? Like, what are some great agencies? Like, what are some great acting coaches to go to? Like, no one wants to share that knowledge because they feel like you're competition. Bro, there's no competition. It's like, why are you so mad? Like, anyone that's ever asked me about acting, I've always given them all the information I can because you're not my competition. I am my own person. I possess my own qualities and traits that make me unique and when you think that this world is just a competition this is a sad way to look at it like we're all here together to be together to learn from each other and and grow and thrive as people on this earth together we're all aging and i think it's a beautiful journey that we're all on and you just have to accept it like you're getting older and you're more wise and and you've been through so many great things and you've survived this long and i think that's such a badge of honor to wear like yeah i made it this far so that's kind of just what this chapter goes through we won't touch on too much in it i just have to i know we're gonna finish this chapter but i just have to uh point something funny because mm-hmm. <laughs> it says here uh being married married people live longer and age better and i said stop lying it's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking lie and we all know it did you not I, read sex because i've literally see i did not i did not agree on her with this because i literally read other studies who said that married people yes women yes aged I don't know how many times faster because they're constantly stressed. Totally We're going to take all your other advices, but not yeah. this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Has she even been married? She hasn't no, even been married. No, she has not been married. And she okay. has not had kids either. Okay. okay so, so she hasn't. No, we cannot take that. Lies. <laughs> so we've got code nine. Do not gossip. Here's my Southern accent. My like Southern, my southern lady accent when I get to gossiping. But no, we kind of wanted to just briefly touch on this section as well because it's we all know don't gossip don't spread lies be truthful and honest you're wasting your own energy when you gossip about other women it looks bad on you don't put that energy out there that's just nasty but also too there's a good little bit of tea sometimes every once in a while never hurt anybody we're not saying you don't ever have to talk about anybody's little tea let's just not spread lies and rumors that can literally destroy people's lives careers and you know just be mindful of what what you put out there once someone has formed a certain opinion of you or heard slanderous talk about you nothing you will do will be right you simply cannot win against rumors your best bet is to just keep living an honorable life let your character defeat the lies the truth will eventually come to light by your positive living and we're gonna finish this podcast with code 10 apologize quickly A meaningful apology is one that communicates three R's, regret, responsibility, and remedy. We don't understand the power of saying, I was wrong. It's really amazing how she looks at this chapter and she says that apology is just not saying, I'm sorry. You don't just say shit to say it. Like, you have to mean it. And I think... I realized that this is so true because I used to hold the biggest grudges. It could be my friends, my family, partner. I could not let it go. If they apologized for it, I was like, whatever, fuck you. And then if I did something wrong, my ego was just too big. I could never apologize. It was bad. I was just like, "Mm, no, no. Because, you know, to me, I was like, if I said it, yeah, if I said it, I meant it. Like, I'm not going to apologize. Like, why am I going to apologize for what? But then I realized it's not about that. It's about you hurting somebody else and you're apologizing for hurting them. And if you care and love them, you don't want them to hurt. It says here, always choose 
choose your relationship over a need to be right. It says, let me tell you what I know for sure. Apologies matter a lot. They help us. They heal us. They give us hope that we can do better and be better and free ourselves from unnecessary drama. Sisters, life is dramatic, but it is rarely like a Hollywood script. To love is to be willing not to only to say I'm sorry, but to say I'm sorry and I'm ready to make right whatever I have done wrong. Love is to say I am ready to change. The ability to apologize is key virtue that if learned early in life and practiced faithfully will bless your life and lengthen your days. It will build your family. It will nourish your children. It will comfort your spouse. It will create safe havens for your relationships. It will protect and honor your friendships and it will heal, diffuse conflicts and cover people in ways untold. To most of us, forgiveness is looking at what someone did to us and what they owe us, an apology. But rare is the person who looks in the mirror and says, I messed up, I was wrong, I need to make this right. Rarer is the wise woman who understands that there is power in offering an apology when she is the offender. What I want us to learn is how we can play a part in protecting the people we love and work with from us. That was huge because I know that our own emotions get in the way sometimes and sometimes we might say things or do things purposefully to hurt other people and it's our job to fix that and to protect the other people that we really love from us at certain times because we know our own power it says pride is our biggest weakness it really is because people can go years and years you know fighting or they, they would even forget why they had a fight with somebody exactly. <laughs> it's like why did i stop talking to that person 10 years ago i know their ego would not allow them to say just like i'm sorry let's just move forward and yeah. you know i mean that was me for a while and i just learned over the time i'm just like what what is the point of like holding this grudge by owning our words our deeds and our shortcomings we are proving that we are growing so guys that was a lot of information that one, we just throw a lot of stuff on there. we did this book is like definitely full of a lot of really great advice so i hope that you all really enjoyed this first half of this book we will come back and share the next half i'm excited shortly. i'm excited to see what she has to say in the next half what is the number one topic or a thing that you learned from this half of the book that really resonated with you so far? Be resilient, be accountable, choose your social circle wisely. Who are your supporters? Mine was do not gossip. No, oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> wow. No, not at all. No, mine definitely. Do not gossip. It was definitely resilience, being able to pick yourself back up. So thank you guys for listening. We will uh, talk to you very, very soon. And we'll catch up with you for the last half of The Woman Code. Thank you for joining, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, baddies.